last week on Glee Boot, they sang Jukebox Hero with all these screaming fans, and Alyssa hated it. They did hand jive, and our guest described it as being lowered into the river Styx or the Erie Canal, either one. And they sang Everybody Talks, and it was a waste of the song. And that's what you missed on Blue Boot. I like that this week's rundown of last week was just about how meh the music was. <clears throat> that's great. I liked Everybody Talks. You did. That's right. Uh- I liked the cover. I just thought, like, dramatically, it could have been used better. Yeah, and I think I think we like talked about we talked about it. Let's not rehash last episode. So last week, Alyssa said this thing. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've talked about that as a joke before on the podcast that we're going to start reviewing the episodes (laughs) of the podcast. Yes. So, welcome back to Glee Booth, the show where we get drunk and talk about rebooting Glee one episode at a time. I'm Cullen. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Hannah. And today we have a very special guest, my boyfriend, Rafa. Hi, everyone. How are you? (laughs) They're all doing wonderful, I hope. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the show. He is a fan of Greece, so I roped him into talking about Greece. <laughs> oh, you like Greece? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. I also am a fan of Greece, and just gonna say this episode did not do it justice. I can't with Greece. Greece is such a odd message. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it does. I think we talked about this last week where, like, yeah. it doesn't really age well. And also, like, it is like a weird concept. But I, I think a lot of people like it because the music is fun. And then it's also like nostalgic. I do remember the first time I watched it. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I did enjoy the music. What's your favorite part of Grease, Rafa? I don't know. I just like the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell you exactly what part of the movie I like the most. I just like the movie. Everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Damn. So, Rafa, what is your journey with the show Glee? <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, have you watched it before? Yes, I have watched it before. I'm not really, really. I didn't. I haven't watched it like a lot of times. That you guys have watched it before. Yeah. Yeah, we watch every episode. I know. <laughs> so is this so is this like one of your first episodes you've seen? Like have you seen no, the, like... it's, it's not my first episode. Okay. I didn't have seen it before because my sister used to watch it, but I mm. personally hadn't watched like the whole season. So I yeah. think it's randomly some episodes I have watched before. Yeah. Yeah, and this episode I bet is just like, what am I watching? <laughs> Um, and so what are we drinking today? I am drinking a Mexican Coke, which Rafa and I discussed doesn't actually taste different. We think it's the bottle and the psychology around that. Yeah. Um, But I do have White Claws on standby after I finish this. I tried a Mexican Coke like a couple weeks ago because I wanted 
taste the difference and it doesn't really taste different just like you said it's just sugar instead of corn syrup yeah yeah it's true which Alyssa, i have to tell you because i was telling them i have now been converted to a real maple syrup person (laughs) here's why i never knew that like breakfast syrup is just corn syrup with dye and like flavor and I was like, well, that makes sense is why it's so cheap. So now I'm like, I'm going to get the good stuff because I don't want that other stuff in my body. Yeah. Also, it tastes better. You're yeah. right. Yeah. All of the above. And I can't so, believe that you didn't try it just on my word alone. Actually, that's not. So I actually have. I went to this one restaurant and they're like, I was like, oh, can I have like the real maple syrup you have? And they're like, yeah, it's like a $3 upcharge. I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> and it came in this tiny little bottle and it probably is the best maple syrup I've ever had. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's fabulous, fabulous stuff. I definitely am willing to pay $20 pop, which I do. Yeah. That's what Colin said. He goes, Alyssa pays for maple syrup, like a bottle of maple syrup that's more expensive than champagne. Yep. <laughs> How much it was? It was 20 bucks? I, it was $18.99 so $19. I'm rounding yeah. up. Yeah. What are you drinking, Alyssa? Are you drinking mm. maple syrup? I am not drinking maple syrup. I'm drinking a mango white claw. Hey. Yep. I'm drinking a hobgoblin ruby beer. What are you drinking? I think it's kind of like very, like fun. Yeah, it's very taste. This is his third white claw, so we owe us some white claws. <gasps> I'm sorry. Golden <laughs> um, has to buy your new box. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I demand the water Cause, bottle. Water melon. Water melon. I'm not buying melon. you anything. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I need to be drunk to do this. Yeah, that's Valid. true. Valid. <laughs> yeah. We do too. That's why we drink every week. Um, so Rafa and I took the BuzzFeed quizzes together. <gasps> Wait, did you actually take the quizzes and find out who you really are? No, I just had him take the quiz. Oh, okay. I'm still yep. stuck. I'm going with Blaine. I think what we should do is wait till the very end of the series and then ha- take them all like on air. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can be like, oh, I was wrong. Um... So, Rafa, do you want to give them your results? You can give them the results. So, Rafa's character (laughs) is Quinn Fabray. Oh, okay. Okay. Who Uh, has not appeared in this season yet? Yeah, he was like, who "Who knows if she'll be back? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, his boyfriend is Mike Chang. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, yes, I. Mike Chang is standard. He's good. He's, yeah, he's he's not a bad guy. Well, I don't know. He was not great in this episode. And is he a good guy or not? Is he what? Is he a good guy or not? I think he's he average is for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. He he's not like a terrible human being. Like some of the people on the show, you can just point at them and be like, "You're a terrible human being," and "You're a terrible human being," and "You're a terrible human being." But Mike Chang is like, "You're a pretty okay human being." Plus, you're a great dancer. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, he 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 left Chicago to come help with this musical at his old school. So, like, 
there's something stand up about him for sure. So you guys had never taken the quiz before. We took the boyfriend quiz. Yeah. But not the character quiz. <laughs> we assigned our friend we group. God. Yeah, we assigned everyone characters. And uh, we assigned characters to ourselves. To a kitty. What? You're a kitty. I'm not kitty. Wow. <laughs> Actually, I don't think kitty showed up in the results. So thank God. Yeah, that'd be a pretty low blow. Someone's like, I got kitty. And we'd just be like... We- Ooh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you took um, the actually, quiz. <laughs> um, actually, Can I reschedule. You? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're canceling this. <laughs> <laughs> so, today we're talking about season four, episode six, Glee. Um, very, very clever title. Kind of, yes. because it makes me note. makes me think of fleece. That's what it makes me think of too. And I'm just like, we going to spend the entire episode in a Joanne fabrics. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tina practically does. <laughs> True. Although if she's any kind of like sewer at all, she would know that someone was messing with things. And we can talk about that when we get to that. I thought that too. So uh will mm. announces that he is leaving and, and everyone rejoices and everyone like freaks out tina is freaking out and it's hilarious yeah she like gets up out of her seat and is screaming <laughs> and then it cuts to the to like unique and marley and jake and they're like we don't really know him that well so <laughs> like is this a bad thing i don't know how mrs react um and uh he's like finn will be uh in charge and tina's like what he doesn't know what he's doing and then she goes sorry finn but also you don't know what you're doing and finn's like i'm confident i can do this um and then sue comes in and it's all like in Figgins' office now. And then she's like, he can't do this. He's not a teacher. He barely graduated high school. He doesn't have a degree. Yeah. But then they're like, but it's not a class. And it's like, yeah, but you even have understand. to have a degree to be a substitute teacher. So, you know? Do you need a degree to be? He's not a teacher, though. It's not a teaching position. A substitute teacher. You need a degree. He's not a teacher. The teach. It's not a position for a teacher. I know, but what I'm saying is that, like, even a substitute who, like, sometimes just doesn't do anything is just like a body in the classroom, like, needs a degree. So, like, it's not for a teaching position. It's not for a class. But they are working with students. They should have to at least give him a background check. Yeah, I have to. I, I had to that, get a background check and take a uh, class and stuff just to volunteer at church, even though I wasn't working with children. Um, just because, I mean, the church has its issues with yeah. just stuff going on with children um That's a whole other podcast yeah um, um but just because like they're like you need to we need to make sure you're okay to be allowed in these spaces 
Yeah, I mean, what I mean, oh, I was gonna say what could be really done in like six months, but you know, people change. Yeah. <laughs> or people become themselves. I mean, I they could have this conversation about be, having a background check, but the conversation about him not having a license is kind of odd, especially since they specifically say that's already like they've already passed it with biggins so it just feels really kind of redundant to me also the principal probably wouldn't be the one making the decision it'd probably be the superintendent but like regardless it is this this conversation is totally pointless because they have literally already cleared it with biggins and biggins like whatever why are you in my office yeah yeah great I, i don't know why are we here plus like crazier thing listen they let terry be i'm arguing with myself here they let terry <laughs> become a school, school nurse, nurse without having any nursing background yep yeah so, they let the senioritis and the pedophile back in right a couple times oh boy so yeah so uh, Sue storms out and starts throwing things, and Figgins is like, you are a menace to the state of Ohio. That is terrific. <laughs> this is one of those times I was like, why isn't she getting fired on the spot? I don't yeah. understand why they keep <laughs> her around. Because she has the minimum qualifications to be a coach. <laughs> So, meanwhile, in New York, Rachel is talking with Brody because there's some juniors helping in the class for whatever reason, um, in Cassandra's class. She's talking with Brody about how she's auditioning for an off-Broadway play of The Glass Menagerie. With Peter Dinklage. Yeah. In, in the, uh, uh, the lead role, I think she said, right? Yeah, the gentleman caller role. Oh, I don't know. I've uh, never seen it, so I don't know references to any of these. Never seen it, never read it. Don't know it's a it's good about. play. Is it? Yeah. I saw it uh, when we went to go visit BU during, before, like, our grad program, like, that visit session. <gasps> Where we first met? Where we first met. Oh. I was like, this girl's from the Midwest. I can trust her. And then we went to missions, <laughs> and we're like yeah yeah we both worked in admissions yeah that's what we bonded over yeah so and then uh her and Brody are gonna go over lines together and uh Cassandra's like you're not ready for this director he made me do my monologue on one leg while pouring tomato soup on myself in like a a negligee or yeah and I was like weird that's illegal Um, yeah that sounds like some sexual harassment and then she's like you should audition for the mom and she's like the faded southern belle um she's like you should get back out there yeah that was really overstepping which like rachel does and like that's what she does best frankly (laughs) yeah but like it just felt so weird and cassandra just like she like has her thing around her neck and she's like oh you mean this character like having a full character like breakdown ready as if like she was already preparing to audition 
Yeah. Well, she didn't say you should audition. Rachel didn't say you should audition for the mom. She used the actual name of the part. And I was like, nothing that they're saying makes any sense to me. Yeah. Like, because I've never seen it or read it or know anything about it. So <laughs> I was just like, okay, I'm going to take everything that she's saying about this character part and like use it as my Bible for this scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it didn't really have like a huge impact for me just because I didn't know what was really going on with with the actual play itself so yeah and I couldn't tell if Cassandra or yeah Cassandra because I kept writing in my notes Miranda like the director Miranda July mm-hmm. um but like I couldn't tell if Cassandra was like offended and she was like trying to like throw it back in her face like oh the old woman you think I'm an old woman kind of thing or if it was just like this is my character background. I know it. I'm ready. Like, I couldn't tell what was happening there. I, I think, think she was the, trying to... The, the first latter. one. The, oh, fir- the former. Okay. The former. Be like, whoa. Um, and then Cassandra asked Brody to be her TA. Which I'm like... Uh, and he, she's like, oh, we'll just, like, start this week. And he's like, oh, can we do next week? And I'm like, aren't TAs, like, a structured thing? Yeah, I really are. But this school has no structure. It makes me anxious just thinking about it. Yeah. So, uh, meanwhile, at McKinley, uh, Marley can't fit into her costume. And Uh, Tina is just like, oh, this is so strange. It fit you yesterday. Why does it fit you today? And then she's like, oh, maybe it's just, is this when she says, like, it's Stress pre-show? loading. Yeah. She's like, I get it all the time. And I was like, okay, sure. But get your fucking stitches. And Kitty is, if we find out Kitty that has been sneaking in and shrinking the costumes at night. No, not shrinking the costumes, because that makes me think about, like, Kitty knows how to use a washer to shrink a costume. No, Kitty knows how to rip out seams and replace a zipper and cut a costume down, so she's literally, like, re-sewing the costume. Oh, see, I thought I thought she was just, like, I don't know what she was doing, but I figured it was, like, it's something that you would be able to, like, look at and be, like, no, something's definitely different here. Like, well, you if you able to see it. Yeah, I mean, Tina, like, you hold up a skirt. You can tell that you have, what, 10 inches of skirt, you know, from one side to another. And then the next day you have eight inches. And the next day after that, you yeah, have seven like, inches. Right like, down your measurements, pal. There's actually something happening. Like, you would be able to tell. Also, like, poor Tina's work, like... I know, I'd be really mad. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot to hate about this storyline, but, like, that's definitely Uh, one of the things. Yeah. Kitty is a terrorist. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. She's an enemy to the safety of the United States of America, our emotional well-being as a whole. Yeah. Department of Homeland Security, get her. (laughs) Yes. Um... What a nightmare. Um, and Kitty's like, 
oh, maybe you're just bloating to your natural weight or something. She's just like, she says like a bunch of super mean things. Yeah, like and, she's finally growing into her metabolism or something like that. Yeah, like yeah her metabolism her... slowing down. It's, oh, this is like horrible. <laughs> and then she's like, I want to have a sleepover. I joined this play because I need real friends. I spend my nights alone because everyone assumes the popular girl is busy. Uh, no, Kitty, I don't think that's actually why you're alone. You're alone because you're a fucking bitch. That is true. I figured she was just lying about being alone on weekends. I figured she was just lying to, like, she was like, oh, yeah, I want to be in this play because I want friends. I'm alone. Like, she's just lying straight up. It's like, you can't trust anything that she says. Like, Yeah, she's just, like, basically... Kitty's default is lying, so I never trust anything that comes out of her mouth. Yeah, does she even know the truth anymore? Getting lost in the song. Mm. Why do you need to know the truth? If you're always lying, like... The truth is subjective. There's always multiple sides to a story. We all live in our own realities that clash together in one world. She's drowned in her lies. A quote from Camp Rock, which I just talked about on our guest Eliza's podcast, judging by the title. I love it. Yay! So did you do you know what Camp Rock's about? I Me? do. It's about French. Oh. As I, said, I don't even remember what it's about. As I said in the podcast, I'll be processing this movie for the rest of my goddamn life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, quick thing about, you know, speaking of Jonas Brothers, I was going to go see them in October when they come. They're going to be in Jacksonville. Uh, we were going to get the tickets, and they were like $60 a piece, like cool, whatever. Uh, they skyrocketed over two weeks, and now they're like $200 a piece, even for nosebleeds. Damn. Not surprising. So I don't get to live my Joe Bro dreams. Mm. Get an SOS. Yeah. I wonder if they would sing that song at their concert. Oh, I think so. I think they, they do a little pandering to the fans, even though yeah. they really want to do their their whole album that probably no one listened to the whole of. Yeah. <laughs> I only listened to the singles. So uh, Kitty is like, let's have a sleepover with all us girls. And then Unique is like, can I come? And Marley's like, I'm not coming if Unique can't come. And uh, Kitty's like, fine, but if you wiggle your dick around like the guy in Sounds of the Lambs. Yeah, she's like, if you, if I catch you like tucking and then like jumping around like him, you're out. And I'm like, one, like that's a really deep cut for like the audience of this show. I was like, is that really supposed to be a joke for the parents? Like, I don't think it's funny. So... I would just be like, you know what, Kitty? Maybe we don't want to go to your sleepover. Yeah. Why would Why would they want to go to a place where, like, clearly they're they're clearly being like verbally abused at school? Why would they go to her house? Like, she could have a torture chamber there. Yeah, it seems very strange to me that they actually want to go to this. Um, any of them, because Kitty is so mean. Yeah. It's it's clearly them working back from the Sandra D song. It's super obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
there's that's literally the only reason that everyone's like yeah i want to go too and then uh or marley goes to talk to her mom and we get oh boy this scene um she's like when did you start getting big and then her mom's like well i always started with my weight then when we thought having you would fix the problems between me and your dad that's when i started eating and i didn't stop and then marley's like she says marley's like nervous about that her costume didn't fit and she's like i didn't raise a victim i didn't raise a quitter you are young and thin and beautiful and the only way you can control this is to get ahead of it and control your body we're going on a strict diet um so there's a lot wrong here yeah Um, i don't understand why her well this could be obviously i think a normal reaction that the mom would be like maybe possibly freaking out that her daughter could be showing signs of gaining weight like she did you know for wanting her daughter to have a better life, be healthier, whatever. I think some of that could be a natural reaction. But what I don't understand is why her daughter, who clearly looks to be very healthy, why she would ever suggest we're going on a strict diet. Like... I'm like, you're just enabling an eating disorder at this point. Yeah. I just... I was dumbfounded by that. And like, uh, that's just like, that's just not a reaction. That I don't think is a reaction that a mom would have. It would be like, honey, like you're beautiful. You don't need to do that. And it doesn't matter what size you are. You're always going to be beautiful. Something like that. Like that sounds more like an actual mom in this situation. Well, I mean, a good mom. Right. They're trying to pass her off sure. as a good mom. So because I agree. Her, her, oh, so frustrating. Yeah. The whole that you are thin and beautiful. So like her beauty is equated with her thinness. Right. It's almost uh, like they're trying to back up a few steps because they already established her mother is having like insecurities about her weight. Um and trying to like smush them in with her trying to be a good mom. It's just a little bit like dumbfounding. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't really understand the nuances behind it. And maybe that's maybe that's why I don't get this scene. But I'm like, is it nuanced or is it just like bad all around? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that this scene was just written not very well, and they could have done it a lot better. But I've never had to deal with those problems, so I don't know how I would write it. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely some fat phobia going on mm-hmm. um it's just like a really awkward and unhealthy scene like the whole thing is yeah and it like this is sort of the beginning of where i'm like oh like what message are like the kids who are watching this show getting like what are they grasping from this and internalizing you know this is where yeah. that starts and then splinters 
my situation was almost opposite because I always thought my mom, she, she and I have very different bodies. I'm built more like my dad, where my mom is like very tall and willowy. I'm kind of more compact like my dad. And I always got really upset because she was like sizes smaller than me while I was in high school. So it was, it's like a very opposite situation for me. So I have no idea like how this is supposed to, I, I don't even understand the feelings that are happening because I just don't. So. And neither do the people who wrote the scene. Yeah. So uh, Finn goes to the teacher's lounge and Which he Sue, shouldn't be in there because he's not a teacher. Yeah, and Sue is like, no, no, you cannot be in here. Um, and he's like, I came to apologize for calling your baby the R word. Uh, why do they keep saying it? Like, mm-hmm. I can't, like, is it just like the time where like you could still technically say it? Because like, I think even now, like, you wouldn't be allowed to say it on TV, I don't think. Okay, well, I know what happened with them because I didn't understand why they didn't get lunch together. I mean, I don't think it was there for lunch, but last episode, he called her baby retarded and then said, said it again this episode. And I'm like, we already established that you already apologized. Why are we doing this again in in the lunchroom in front of everyone? Yeah. Like it was it, weird. It was one of those like repeat scenes. Like it's like you don't but I guess like if you're coming at it from like, well no, I mean we watched it last week, so like we're just like the audience in in real life too. I don't know. It just feels really strange. Another repeat. Well and Sue just has always kind of hated Finn just yeah. for no reason. Yeah. That's what Sue does. Maybe it's because she's threatened he's taller than her. I noticed that because like normally Jane Lynch is like taller than everybody. And then like she actually has to like look up into Corey Monty's eyes. I was like, that's where it is. That's what Sue doesn't like about him. Anna, you're like life. waving your hands around and I see you brandishing this uh corkscrew. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, ooh, scary. <laughs> yeah. A couple more white claws and this could be dangerous. Um, Careful. Careful. Mostly myself. Because she calls him like McGriddle, McGravy pants and double stuff. and He's not fat. No, he's not. I don't understand. He's much more thin than he was when he first started the show. Like He's even thinner. Is it just because he doesn't have like a chiseled body? Probably. Yeah. They hate anyone who doesn't have abs. I don't get it. Also, can we quickly talk? Oh wait, never mind. It's in a different scene. <laughs> um, let's talk about the scene that I think you're referring to, um, where Kurt and Rachel are practicing or stretching to prepare Rachel for her audition in the dance studio, and Cassandra comes in, and Kurt's like, "Whoa, you've got amazing abs." Yeah, Kurt's like, "Ooh, abs!" I was like, "Me too, Kurt." <laughs> And she's like, she slaps him. And then she's like, not Kurt, she slaps her abs. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> she just slaps Kurt. How dare you look at my fabulous abs? And then she's like, so what were you talking about? And they're like, oh, Kurt wants to go see our high school production of Grease. Our ex-boyfriend directed it and our other ex-boyfriend is in it. And she's like, you should go for closure and just have a good time. And they're like, Rachel's like, I spent all my money on my last trip home. I flipped out. I literally was like, so she wasted all the money that she had saved up for probably to live off of to go to Ohio to make sure Finn was okay. No, to break up with Finn. To break up with Finn. That's why she went. Right, but she also went there to check up on him. I guess. Yeah, this is the first time they're mentioning money about because they're always flipping between New York and Ohio. And I'm like, this is the first time that they've decided that they don't have money. Really? Yeah. In a in a because it's convenient, you know. They need mm-hmm. it this time. Normally it's fantasy. This is real life. And Cassandra is like, you use my jet blue frequent flyer miles. I can't use them anymore. Line has of- been crossed. This is yeah. not something you offer students. Yeah. I didn't even think you could actually transfer miles to other people. I don't think so. Alyssa, do you have any insight? I don't know. Okay. I don't have any miles to speak of. <laughs> True. Um, I just kind of assumed that like your dad works for an airline so that you, maybe you would <laughs> my dad flies the planes he doesn't have anything doesn't to do, do with service. no 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 <laughs> and uh she's because she's like i can't use them because i attacked and hospitalized three flight attendants because she had a bloody mary fueled anxiety attack at thirty thousand feet and i'm like that must be fun i'm like this woman is a menace to the she is also a terrorist. <laughs> These Homeland characters are dangerous to society. No fly list. They're dangerous to society. It made me like stop and be like, oh no, that's really bad. Just because of all of the people who've been kicked off of flights and made and made flights like take emergency procedure landings because they refuse to wear a mask. Like, yeah. <gasps> What about, like, why wasn't, why didn't people, like, why isn't that part of, like, her rap sheet when Kurt was like, oh, my God, Cassandra July, she blew up in a theater. Like, she also blew up an injured, like, flight attendants. Like, why aren't people talking about that, too? Maybe nobody caught it on camera. Right. Yeah. They don't have proof. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they decide to go to their high school production of Grease, um, which is honestly an insane life choice. Yep. I, well, because like Cassandra's like, oh, you know what? Just like go to get closure or go just to be with your friends or go to have fun, go support people. And I'm like, some of these are like good excuses, but also like, I don't think they're they're enough. Yeah, like the fact that they're coming from her, you shouldn't yeah. trust it. <laughs> That's what I thought too. It was like, why is she being nice, quote unquote? You really knew that she was being evil with her. Yeah. Those intentions, very clear. We're like, Mm-mm, I don't trust you. 
Mm. Yeah. So then uh, Sue booked the auditorium for the whole time so they can't practice in the auditorium. So Finn takes them to the tire shop to practice Grease Lightning. Um, which they perform in a performance including Mike Chang, the choreographer. And Finn and Artie. Do you know how long it took me to figure out after they switched? So they're doing like this in the tire shop and then it switches to a fantasy scene of how it looks on stage. And I could not figure out who Mike Chang was. It took oh, me like, forever, like half time. That guy? Yes, I was like, who is the, the slightly darker toned skin person? And like, I find him very attractive. And it took me like half the song to realize that it was Mike Chang. I think oh, it's okay. because his hair was so different. Maybe it might've been like slicked back or something. Yeah, and I was just like, I don't, okay, there's Sam, and there's, and I was listing them off on my fingers, and I was like, who is that person? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so Grease Lightning, it, it is basically the movie, like, it almost, like, shot for shot, it feels like. Um, it's fine. I guess I liked that I could understand the lyrics. They're very well pronounced. Um, I have they a, changed it from cream to scream. Yes, I noticed that, um, which I guess makes sense. Um, that ain't no crap. We'll be getting lots of that grease lightning. Uh, noted that one because it's supposed to be shit getting lots of tit, I think it is, something like that. Um, and what else? Oh, but they left uh, Get Off My Rocks, you know, which is quite literally a euphemism. Yeah. Like, they just left. Didn't really like the dancing. It, what's funny is that it's less energetic than the movie, and the movie was a bunch of 30-year-old dudes. <laughs> They're like 20-year-old dudes. It's, it's bizarre. It's, it was kind of boring to me. Yeah. Like, it made me be like, ah, oh, I love Grease Lightning in the movie. It's kind of fun. I kind of want to watch Grease. <laughs> I wanted to turn it off and just be like, let's pop on Grease instead. You know, I think it was pretty boring because I was preoccupied with figuring out who Mike Chang was the whole time. That's it. That's all I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah, if you can focus on that, you, you're not like, oh, I'll figure it out later. You were like, God, who is that? I don't care about anything else that's happening. I was not distracted at all by any of the dancing or anything that happened. Just, I only wanted to know who Mike Jane was. Yeah. Um, and so then the sleepover happens. Uh, For some Kitty's reason. Kitty is showing Marley her trophies for most tongues spoke at Bible camp. I laughed out loud. I missed that. <laughs> that was really funny. Most tongues. I love that. Um, and the horse that she used to ride before it broke her hymen. Did not like that. No. Mm -mm. What is that referring to? Because I didn't understand. So, okay, so 
You know what a hymen is, though, right? No. Okay, so a hymen is, I'm going to be explaining this. Actually, this is this is educational for everyone. Um, so hymen is like a piece of tissue that's inside a vagina. It's quote unquote supposed to signal virginity, but that's totally bullshit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and you can actually like, like rip your hymen through a lot of different accents. Like, like bike riding. riding. A, yeah. Like bike riding. Like if you hit the seat really hard, like probably horse riding, if you're on those uh, saddles, like the pressure and stuff to probably break it. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't think anyone really knows why it's there. It's just a thing. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, so that's yeah. So, I didn't ever know that it had a name, but I knew what it was from yeah. like historical dramas and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I always would check that when the woman was getting married. <laughs> yeah. That's and it's yeah. So that's what a hymen is. Uh, they just really wanted Kitty to say the word hymen in this episode. Uh, drink. Go back and drink for every time I've said the word hymen. <laughs> Hymen is also the Greek god of marriage. Um, oh, makes sense. And I remember why they named it that. In a college Shakespeare class, someone was like, "Why are they talking about this girl's hymen?" And the professor was like, "Actually, they're talking about the god of marriage." <laughs> wow, awkward. Um. Yeah. So they are so, at this fucking sleepover. And they um, all come in with like all these snacks. Like Krispy Kremes, which honestly I was like, ooh, now I want some Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah, same. But, uh, but Unique bought the chocolate topped ones and I was like, really? I think just classic. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get fancy on it. And uh, Marley's like, are there any healthy snacks? And then Kitty's like, come over here and she takes her to the bathroom and it's like these two fingers are your best friend um and she's like do you do that like you need to learn to binge and purge she's like i don't want to make myself throw up that's gross and she's like what's even grosser is busting out of your sandy costume with sour cream and chili cheese fries and your corpulent stomach or something yeah Uh, a bunch of gross stuff um and so and she's like do you do this and she's like i would if i had the fat gene you don't just have the fat gene you have the circus fat gene no offense clearly offensive i if someone says no offense you can just automatically assume that it's gonna be offensive yeah like it like she's literally giving her an eating disorder literally and the way that it's so like that Marley's size and possible weight gain, quote unquote, is so vilified. Like, I can't even imagine the messaging that kids are just accidentally implanting in their yeah. head. And it's like, not even like she's unintentional. Like sometimes you see this tackled where like one person with an eating disorder is like saying this worked for me, but she's not even doing that. She's like supposedly saying, like, no, I don't do this. I don't have to, but you do. Yeah, it's very, very toxic. Yeah. It's toxic, but as someone who struggled with eating disorders, it felt very realistic. Did someone, someone told tell you? you to throw up? That, like, the way 
they're passed on is through like comments and people picking at you and implying things and like so maybe not like it's glee so it's going to be a little more direct and obvious than in real life but like for me it was like other people's comments that gave me eating disorder yeah no I definitely think that like the contextual stuff of like her picking at her but I think the like the like being like no you need to also like make yourself throw up kind of thing was I think maybe they're doing that so it doesn't seem as realistic as like it would in other shows or real life like maybe they are trying to separate the show from reality a bit because of the subject being so like triggering um but like I'm still of the belief that like if it's in a piece of media someone can take it however and just so like it's really hard to tackle stuff like that well, it's because Glee is pop culture and pop culture has the view that being fat is one of the worst things you can be. Yeah. So it's like, it's, I think that's why like you, they can't separate themselves. Like there's no way because yeah. even from the beginning, they've had like, even like Sans Marley's story, they've still had fat phobic stuff. So it's yeah. just like, they've already dug themselves in. Um, but then, like, after that, I literally wrote, why does Kitty have a Marley cosplay? Yeah. She, <laughs> that was weird. She Well, Marley's in the bathroom thinking about whether or not she's going to throw up. Uh, Kitty pulls out her Marley cosplay. Uh, he's like, where's Marley? And they're like, I'm here with my mud brown hair, hair, hair and my signature Newsies cap. <laughs> Which now to- I feel bad for making fun of because I'm like, oh, Marley, no. <laughs> And she starts singing, look at me, I'm Sandra D," And all which, the girls just go along with it. Which is what happens in the movie, which make I guess, like, it kind of makes more sense in the movie because Rizzo is the pink lady's friend. But Kitty is not their friend. Why do they go along with it? It doesn't make yeah. sense yeah. contextually. Mm-mm. It's just bullying. And, like... Also, why does Kitty have old school dreamboat actors on her wall? Yeah. Because of the song? That's a bit. She was prepared for the song. She was like, <laughs> I'm putting this up. This is going to be a great bit. She bought the brown wig. She bought the doozy's cap. She was <laughs> She's like, like, this is going to kill. She's practicing her stand up. Um, also, during the song, she, there's, I think it's Sugar, who's, like, on the side of the bed, head down, like, feet up, does, like, a a twerking thing in the air, and it's to the lyric, I know what you want to do, and Kitty's, like, hands on Sugar's legs, and, like, a very suggestive move is happening, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, that was... This is the most Mm -hmm. homoerotic thing I've ever seen. And, uh... I think Tina has like a panda hat. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she's Asian, right? <laughs> yeah, Apparently. which is just like ugly. I also, I also was like, is it weird that Tina, who is Asian, is the one who's the seamstress? Is there something there, or am I just reading into it? I decided there's probably something there, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. And also, what doesn't make any sense to me is why Unique is going along with this. Like, Unique and Marley have been tight from the beginning, 
and Unique is like one of the most bullied people right now. Why? Why would she go along with this? Just for the number. They're all like, we got to commit to this bit. <laughs> Do it for the bit. Which reminds me, oh. I need to make that TikTok about melting ice cream. Um, oh, yeah. I bought ice cream for it to do it. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited. I can't wait. What? On a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about how Brody and Rachel are, like, licking <laughs> ice cream sexually. And Kellen's like, I can do it. <laughs> um, are you doing that in our kitchen? Because... I just cleaned it, so. I know, I was literally thinking of that. I was Do just like. shower, that'd oh. be weird. <laughs> that'd be like, why? This, people would be like, I have to like, look at this TikTok. I have to deconstruct it. Why is he in the shower? <laughs> why is the ice cream already on his hand? Why is he in a banana suit? Like, <laughs> I can't wait for this video. Um, so then, uh, Oh my God, I forgot to, to talk about this amazing line. When Marley says, are there any healthy snacks? Brittany eating a donut says, you can eat Kleenex, they taste like clouds. I love that line. That made me think of Elf when he eats the cotton balls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so that's that scene. Yeah, uh, and then at the school, uh, we meet with Unique slash Wade's parents and in Figgins' office. They're the Adams family. They are the Adams LOL. family. Uh, and they are upset because they found out Unique was playing Rizzo and they were fine with him being Unique on stage in Chicago. But they're nervous about him, Unique doing it in Ohio. Um... Yeah. Because audiences will be less accepting and uh, they th- and well, Sue points out that Unique's being bullied at school um, and so they ask that during school Unique dress and act as Wade. I wouldn't really call them upset. They don't seem angry yeah. or mad or scared in any way. Yes. They, um, they're like very casual about it. like even the mom has like a smile on her face like we we let him them be whoever they want to be we accept that and she's like happy it it's very interesting to me because I feel like this is a conversation that they probably had at home and they had all of their drama at home and then decided what they were gonna do and then this is what they were gonna do and this is how they're gonna approach it and like it's it's also something that I could see actually happening where parents are like you know what we love you the way you are but we're pretty sure not everybody is gonna love you yeah the way that you are and we want to protect you right now that's part I think super realistic I Mm -hmm. I can understand it even if I'm like, no, but I'm also like, I get it. The only one who's actively fighting against it in this scene and not even so much is Finn because there's nothing he can really do because it really is up to the parents. Yeah. But like the scene kind of falls flat for me because it feels like 
I wanted something more out of it. But I don't know. There really isn't the drama there that there could yeah. be because the drama already happened. Like they already talked about it. Like, yep. yeah. yeah. Finn is like, how could you do this? And she's like, you mean conveniently protect the welfare of a student that just so happens to ruin your musical? You have no Rizzo, you have no show. This is exactly something I would do. Classic Not Sue. Really. And I'm like, yeah. Um, going um, back to her roots. Yeah. So uh, they're like talking about who's going to be the new Rizzo. And they ask Santana to come back and be Rizzo. Finn calls her a non-student, a former student. And everyone's like, oh my God, Santana, you're going to be so perfect. But how are you going to be off book? And she's like, please, I was like born to play this role. And poor Tina. Sprint in. I just spit all over my computer. <laughs> she sprints in and she's like, okay, guys, like, I think I can be like partially off book. I know all the songs, but I may have to hold the script during the second half. She goes, oh, Santana. And they're like, oh, we already called Santana. And she's like, are you kidding me? I thought she was going to literally explode. But that's it. I would have. I was mad. I was mad I for her. I would to the principal. Be like, yeah. they give it to someone who isn't a student, and I am a student. I was very upset for Tina. Yeah, I would yeah. be upset too. Like, that bothered me. Like, a lot of the plays that were available through homeschoolers, like, they'd have, like, people that were former students do it, and I'm like, I don't want to be playing second fiddle to the same people who are now, like, freaking married. Like. Yeah they should have their own life and let me do my high school play. Go do community theater somewhere else. Yeah. So I was very like, yeah, I was on Tina's side and I was like, what? And they're like, plus you're already playing Jan. And I'm like, I don't even know who the character of Jan is. She's (sighs) the one that goes, brasha, 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 na, 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 na. She's got like, she's basically a caricature of a person. So like Tina. Yeah. Yeah. Real life. Upsetting, upsetting. From her glee life, I should say. And so there's they're getting ready for the play and uh the costume is still getting tighter. And so Marley is throwing up in the bathroom. Well, can um, we please visit the line? How could you have gained two inches of weight in one day yeah um, you that's can't not how, yeah, that's, that's not how, the answer yeah that's not how it works like unless you literally eat like four bowls of chipotle and so like your stomach just protrudes but still like you'd probably be able to squeeze into it yeah i don't <laughs> think you can actually gain two inches of weight i we well, can't you probably two inches of weight anyway. Well, no, but you know what I'm saying. Like two inches around your waist, you probably could if you have like enough food in one day. Can... But yeah. for her stomach, I don't know. Is literally your stomach? Your stomach expands and will push out. I don't know, if, like two whole inches, maybe maybe an it, inch. It does extend and push out, but like. The less food that you eat on a daily basis, the smaller your stomach is and the less that it can expand. 
So if you eat smaller portions consistently, which I assume that Marley does, just because we never see her eating and I imagine that she probably tries to limit her intake anyway, because yeah. she's probably insecure with her mom. You could probably get, it could be snug, but it's still gonna fit. Like it's not gonna be. I feel like she, her stomach would burst before it would. That, She'd have to go I to can, the hospital before. So then like, what, what do they end up doing to the costume? They don't explain it. it or I think they it. like didn't they like let me see if I can find some elastic or something. Yeah. And then that was yeah. it. That was it. Which honestly, that's not a bad costume idea. Like why you, you just... do begin with. You don't need yeah. zippers are more expensive. Exactly. Yeah. But then Kitty, Kitty is the one who brings her to the restroom. Yeah. And is like, Scout's honor, let's go. And I'm like, gross. With the two fingers instead mm -hmm. of three fingers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ryder comes into the bathroom and catches Kitty throwing up and is like, what are you doing? And she's like, yeah, he's like, he's like watching her and Kitty interact. And then they run by and he like watches them. It's like, huh? That's creepy. And yeah. then he goes into a girl's bathroom because he's creepy. And then he's like, I don't want to kiss a girl who has puke on her breath. Um, Thanks, bro. Marley, on. yeah, Marley comes out of the restroom and she's like crying and they have a little conversation. And that's like at the end of the conversation. I was like, that's what you have to say? That's what you have to say? Yeah, but, you know, he he's in the process of curing her eating disorder. So it's fine, right? I feel like that potentially made it worse. <laughs> right? Like, he was like, oh, great. Thank you for making me feel like garbage. Uh, he talks about his, I thought this was kind of funny, his cousin <laughs> who was trying to lose weight uh, on the wrestling team. Yeah. And so he was started using laxatives. It's actually a really tragic story, but then he crapped himself in the middle of a match. But before he says that, and then one day in the middle of a match, Marley's like, he died. He died. died? <laughs> he probably could have. Like, yeah. Yeah. But he's like, no, he crapped his pants in front of the whole thing. And she like laughs and like, aw, he's curing her eating disorder. All you need is a cute boy to tell <laughs> you you're worth it. <laughs> Or to tell you, you won't be worth it unless you stop doing this. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. They do say that laughter is the best medicine, you know? Yeah. Uh, so then she sings the look at me, I'm Sandra D reprise. Yes, she does. I don't think it really matches the story, but sure. Because Sandy doesn't have an eating disorder that we know of in Greece, so I can't imagine why this would make sense, but sure. It actually doesn't really match the story. I was listening to the lyrics and watching what was going on, and I was like, okay, this is real odd. Yeah. So Kurt and Rachel come back to high school, and they're looking at their old lockers. Which I was like, oh, I actually kind of did that, but it wasn't like a, oh, look, my old locker. I was like, ooh, can I get into it still? And I tried my combination, it didn't work. Uh, meanwhile, Alyssa goes back to high school and is like, I think my locker was somewhere around here. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. <laughs> like, I think this is the school I went to. 
And then uh, the Mercedes is like, hi. And they're like, oh my gosh, tell us everything. And she's like, it's crazy singing backup vocals, doing this, and taking UCLA classes. And I'm like, so you left UCLA to do this? Yeah, no. Does she go to UCLA? Apparently. Apparently, okay. Yeah, like, (laughs) but that's crazy is like, maybe she was taking online classes or maybe she was like, hey, I have to leave for maybe two weeks because that's usually the runtime of rehearsing for a Glee musical. And they're like, oh, if it's only going to be two weeks, whatever. Yeah. In real life, it's three months. Yeah. And they would be like, absolutely not. You have to drop out. Yeah. Um, and then, like, yeah, tell us everything. And uh, she doesn't. She doesn't. They go <laughs> Don't back. Don't give her any time to actually, like, she's like, oh, it's whatever. And, like, it's like, okay, thanks, Mercedes. Bye. And then they're backstage and they run into Finn and Blaine and they're like, it's awkward. Um, and they're surprised that they came and they're, Finn's like, well, I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, question though. And this is kind of going back a few scenes. When Rachel and Kurt are talking about going to see this, Kurt is like begging her, please, please, can we go? I haven't seen him in like ages and I'm dying or something. Mm-hmm. Dramatic, equally dramatic. Those aren't yeah. the exact words. But that gave me the impression that he actually wanted to see Blaine. And that's not how he acts with Blaine at all. No. Yeah, that is confusing. I was like, okay, is he here to make up with Blaine? That's what I was expecting. And that's not what happens. Huh. And that was the only reason I was kind of like considering that this might be a interesting storyline was to see the makeup scene between Kurt and Blaine I was looking forward to that and I was highly disappointed very 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 disappointed first of all that they didn't make up and I didn't get to see that drama and second of all that we had to go on this journey with them when it's insane and no one would ever do that and why are we here just to rehash all of the things we already saw it's incredibly redundant nothing happened between them literally nothing Mm -mm. except for some gross stuff that finn said to her at the end of the yes which we'll get there but (laughs) yeah that's what i'm here to talk about I did not expect anything between Rachel and Finn, Mm-mm. but I was expecting something between Kurt and Blaine, and that would maybe lift up the subplot. No, do you it know didn't. who gets closure that we were not expecting and we weren't really supposed to care about because we never see these people? Mike and Tina. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, Brittany and Santana get a little scene. And it's cute. it's cute. And Brittany's like, it's hard. I miss you, especially on a Friday night. It used to be our date nights. And Santana's like, yeah, but we know this can't work out. Um, and that's really the gist of the whole scene. But it's a nice yeah. scene. Yeah, Brittany's yeah. like, oh, I'm not dating anyone, boy or girl. And Santana's like, yeah, but like, you know, like you could. But I'm glad you're not. And it's like, oh. And then Brittany mentions that like the song that 
Santana is supposed to be singing is supposed to be sad and and then she like ends up making her sad by talking about the fact that they're not dating anymore and that's okay and especially because this used to be Friday and Friday used to be our our date night the fact that (laughs) Brittany says that like oh yeah it's a song that Mercedes was supposed to sing and I was like really really Brittany (laughs) what happened i want to see what happens when wade and mercedes are in the same room does M- britney's mind explode there are two mercedes oh. oh then she'll have to confront her own possible well possible face blindness or racism what is what is what's going to happen i'm invested in this this particular tiny little plot that we haven't seen yet and i want to know you probably won't ever see it i want to see it um and so then santana gets on stage and the things well first we get beauty school dropout by uh teen angel blaine uh, to sugar as frenchie what is this set design like, it's literally like a movie set. And I'm like, what are you people doing? How are you moving that set to get the next set? Like, what is happening? It is true. That's not real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the one later, I'm like, okay, yeah, some kids could have thrown that together. Like, so this one is just bananas. Yeah. Um, what's, what kind of was crazy to me is Sugar kind of looks a lot like the woman who played Frenchie in the movie, which I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, you're right. She, I was like, oh, wow, there's like a lot of resemblance there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this song was pretty similar to the movie. Um, did she blow gum in a bubble and get it popped? No. No. So. so it's really close. It's a pretty, pretty honest adaptation, essentially. I did what? not like the setup they had with her facing away from the audience on the stage. Yeah, because that's, that's the thing is that, like, <laughs> that's how the, how the movie is. Like, there are shots of that. Like, I get it. But, yeah, for the... This this is on stage. That's on like stage, it really doesn't Directing 101. It would have been... It would have made more sense if they had her, like, being guided around the stage or something in, like, a beauty chair. Something yeah. like that. Something yeah. Interesting. It, it was like that way they could see her reaction. Yeah, it wasn't dynamic or anything because we just saw the back of her head. And then she fell fell over because she fainted, and that was it. Um, during the song, when Blaine like spots Kurt in the audience, and I was like, "There's no oh, way." Yeah. You can't see anyone in the audience when you're on stage. No, 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 no. I've been on a stage a couple times in high school. It is pitch black out there. And honestly, that was the only thing that got me up there because I knew I couldn't see anyone. Yeah. That's what got rid of my stage fright. I was like, I can't fucking see anyone. That's fine. Especially with the amount of bright lights that they had on that stage. In your face. When you're on stage, it's in your face. All you see is like... Mm-hmm. like lens flares essentially yeah in pitch black like you might be able to see people in the front row if like the auditorium is is like that maybe silhouettes mm-hmm. if you like look hard enough and you yeah. shield your eyes but 
and but that but that also happens all the time in um during like their performances of on uh like the competitions like you can always be like oh face journeys because they're having eye contact and so you can't fucking see them no yeah. you can't <sighs> plus who has time for a face journey when you're trying to dance and sing at the same time apparently everyone in glee <laughs> i don't know but he looked really cute <laughs> i fall in love with him yeah no he, he was very dreamy yeah he was I think it's yeah. uh I can't remember who plays that role in the in the movie, but like a very like dream boat then too. So like they picked like the only other dream boat that I think like would make sense in the role would be Sam, but he's too goofy yeah. to be that role. So mm -hmm. yeah, Rafa texted me and was like, I'm falling in love with playing. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So that was actually the second time that he was doing the performance of Glee. Because I after I saw some scenes that he was actually in the Glee when he, the other guys were still in high school. So that was actually the second time that he was doing the Glee performance. Yeah, he this is he was in last year too, when everyone else was mm -hmm. yeah. still in yeah, high yeah. school. Yeah, but oh yeah, no, this was his second musical with them. I forgot that. Because they never showed us West Side. Oh no, they did show they us West Side. I've already forgotten what else happened. Uh, Santana things. There were things I could do. Which I really like that song, but I was super disappointed that it was not unique. I was too. I I love that song. I think it's probably one of my favorite songs from the movie because Rizzo is my favorite character. Um, but. It was also the weirdest threesome singing I have ever heard. Like, it, I mean, not like that I've heard, that like I've seen. I just could not have pictured these three people singing the same song. It was just like, I don't know how they put that together, but they did. Yeah. Um, then... So it's uh, Cassie, Kate, yeah, Ka Cassie, and Wade. Well, he's so Wade right Santana's now. Santana is singing it on stage in character yeah and then wade is having like a a sort of um dream sequence while the show is happening singing it alongside or duet with santana well he's in he's in the audience, in the audience yeah and then all the way in new york Cuts to New York, Cassandra July knows they're also singing the song, and she's singing it while she's hooking up with the guy. Yeah, what is she doing? Like, what are Dancing you doing? Except that he has his shirt, no on. shirt on, which like I'm not very extremely inappropriate. Yes, that I'm complaining about. That is not appropriate. It it's just it's so no. like, like the Wade Santana thing made sense to me but when you throw Cassandra in there I'm like I don't know what's happening what's going on why is this happening very strange choice I think they wanted that scene in there with uh what's his face dead Brody. Brody I was gonna call him Derek whoa <laughs> <laughs> triggered that's a triggering name for me 
and Cullen. <laughs> um, uh, hashtag smash. Yeah. So yeah. So that was. I feel like they wanted that scene with her and Brody, and that this like the place that they just decided uh, to put it there. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very. This is very inappropriate. Like. She hooks up with him. And First, like, I wasn't sure if it was a hookup because during the song, they're not having sex or anything. Yes. But after that... And we had when, just talked about him being a TA. And I was just like, okay, is this just really inappropriate dancing? And then we find is, out later. Like, the whole situation like, is double inappropriate. One, teachers and students should not be having sexual relations. It is like like a power imbalance and it's just inappropriate and professional Two, a teacher and their TA should not be having sexual relations for the same reasons times 10. So, you know. Cassandra um, should be fired. She went more, from bad to infinity worse. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Um, so, in this scene, though, we only see that, like, at the end of the song, they kiss. Well, Brody kisses her. Like, he's like... I, I must have missed that. I don't remember them kissing during this scene. Yeah, so she's she gets up on the piano, and she's, like, laying back all sexually. And then he gets on top of her, and he's the one who initiates the kiss. But... Yeah, that's what happens in the scene. And then uh, Santana's being sad on stage. Wade's sad off stage. I really wish that they had gone with Unique because they really hyped up that storyline that she was going to be Rizzo. And then they just like pulled the rug out from under our feet. Not going to lie. I was actually excited to watch this episode because I was like, oh, Unique's going to sing that song. And I love that song. Nope. Yeah, it was... It was very strange. It was almost like someone, like they had planned on this and they had aired the last two episodes. And then someone was like, yeah, we can't actually do this. Fix it. It's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Pop out. Yeah. But then we get that Mike and Tina closure that everyone's asking for. So he's like, hey, you were so great as Jan. Maybe we shouldn't have broken up. And it's like, oh, so now you realize her worth. And then she's like, you know what? I like who I am. I'm sad that we broke up, but you know what? Let's talk. And I'm like, no, you can just go without him, girl. Like, you got this. We don't even know why they broke up in the first place. Nope. They just broke up. We didn't see any of that. So I was like, okay, weird. I don't care, but... Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I think I zero, zero people were asking for that scene. Mm -hmm. um, it it just felt so half-assed and it's just so typical of the way their relationship is always treated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but she's like, Yeah, I like who I am and I'm not ready for it to just lose who I am for you. Um also, why would someone like playing a different character make you realize that you want to date them? That's a great question. Like, what? I don't. I don't understand. Like, we 
anything that would substantiate Mike's like reasoning happened off screen. Like we don't know. Mm-hmm. Like we don't see him like looking on wistfully being like, oh, she's awesome. Man, I'm an idiot for breaking up with her or whatever. Like we don't get any of that. So it just comes out of nowhere. They just needed a filler. They're like, we need to put in 28 seconds. This whole episode felt like filler. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. you know what? It wasn't the Rocky Horror Glee show. <laughs> you know? I love how they went from doing the most out there musical to the two most basic high school musicals. Yeah. Next up, high school musical. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> That's already a show. <laughs> um, so the next thing I have written is did this eating disorder just last for a day? And it was cured by a boy telling her how hot she is. Awesome. <laughs> it's not, he doesn't even tell her how hot she is. I can't get yeah. over this. He tells her how hot she wouldn't be if yeah. she puked. It's, it's like, this is, this is such a weird thing. Colin, take us through this scene. This is just. Didn't we already do this scene? No, no this she, is a different Oh, it's the it's other a, one. Yeah. Where she walks out. Okay, yeah. She's in where the sandy, like, black suit. The cat suit, the, cla- the like, iconic thing. Which I would have though. already seen. Thank you. What, don't they do dress rehearsal? Thank you. Like, they would have seen it. Why is he so shocked now that she looks so good? But that's, like, that's the, the precipice of this is, like, he's like, oh, wow, like, you look awesome. And then she, and he's, he's like, like, don't get an eating disorder. Don't have that. Don't do it. And Kitty's like, you should be nervous. We have this. The toughest theater cr- critic for the Lima Muckraker is in town. Um, Isn't the Lima Muckraker, wait, the Lima Muckraker or the McKinley High School Muckraker? Because I thought... I thought it was the high school's muckraker because that was what the school's gossip newspaper was. Mm-hmm. Or is it the Lima newspaper? I thought that they said Lima because I was very confused when they talk yeah. about this writer being a sophomore. Yes, no, so it definitely is the school newspaper. So it might still be the Lima muckraker. Um, okay. Yeah, because I didn't hear the Lima part. I just heard the muckraker. I was like, oh, it's a student newspaper. Who fucking cares? But yeah, she basically like threatens like, you're probably going to get reamed and because you look so terrible kind of thing. It's like. And he's like, don't listen to her. Why is don't he pay attention this? to that. What the fuck is the point? Like, is she just that evil that she just wants to bring people down like that? She's mad at Marley for breaking her and Jacob. That's still what this is about? Yeah. So weird. It's so I weird. Agree. They dated But for also two she days. stole she stole the part from her. So maybe that's also what this is about. Yeah. You want it fair and square. Not in Kitty's mind. True. Because Kitty lies and steals and cheats, therefore everyone else does too. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So then they he kisses her and Jake looks on like, oh yeah I forgot it was like oh is he, he loves her or what? 
Yeah. Jake kind of likes her. I forgot. I was like, oh, is he in love with Ryder? Oh, no, that's right. He has a thing for Marley. Never mind. A more interesting show, he'd be in love with Ryder. Right. So I thought this I was had, an interesting show for a second. I think I must have just like blacked out all the kissing that happened in this episode because I don't remember the, the Cassie kiss and I don't remember this kiss either. You're like, ugh, these people are gross. <laughs> I can't. And then they get on stage and they sing, you're the one that I want. Which the set, it looks like kids threw it together. It doesn't look super professional. Yeah, it feels, it feels high school. Yeah, Maybe like, a little top tier high school, but high school nonetheless. Exactly. Like, I was like, okay, this seems somewhat realistic. Um, also, I was surprised they didn't give Marley a blonde wig because Sandy's supposed to be blonde. So I thought that was an interesting choice. But they switched the, the lyrics of Sandra D to mud brown hair or something. Right, I think so. I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. I was like, I hate this. <laughs> um. Oh my God. So yeah, they're doing the dance like how they do in the in the movie. It's Marley and uh, Ryder. Ryder. Um, and then all of a sudden, like they go through the tunnel thing to pop out on the shaky thing. I'm, I'm being really great with words right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Finn comes out and I was like, wait, what? Did he just insert himself into this musical? That's what I was thinking too. I was so confused at first. And then I was like, oh, got it. Dream sequence cool because then it flashes to Rachel in the audience I was like oh okay I got it I got it she's like imagining it or whatever cool yeah and then it turns and then everybody starts inserting themselves into the music it's the last hallucination <laughs> yeah and then there's like a flashback to when Rachel and Finn did this song in Glee Club and it was literally like the scene that he described a couple episodes ago where he was like yeah you remember the first time I met you and I thought you were like really fucking creepy like do you remember that that yeah. scene that's kind of what this is because he's like making a weird creeped out face and she's like Ooh. uh and I was like oh it's the flashback to when he told when he thought his uh or he was being weirded out by his future ex-fiance <laughs> And I forgot her, that they were engaged at one point. Right? Wow. Were they? Yeah. yeah. Last yeah. season. Last season they were engaged and then they broke it off. And then they kind of the broke up. They, yeah, at the age of 18. Yeah. They're and insane. Their, and their parents like pretended to let them go through with it and then like ended up having to let them go through with it because they're technically adults. So... <laughs> fun um yeah so this weird mass hallucination thing happens because kurt and blaine imagine themselves singing uh mike and tina santana and Brittany. um so all the sexualities are represented straight gay lesbian and asian I love that. That's what the A stands for in the LGBTQIA. 
Oh my gosh, my sister sent me this TikTok where this get about this guy talking to this girl, and she's like, and it's so great that we're part of the LGBT community together. And she's like, Oh, I didn't know you were gay. No, the A stands for ally. Okay, so quick thing on this note. So I took a like gay lit class in college. And that was like our first class where we broke down the giant acronym. Um, and we did have a discussion about the A, like, oh, some people think it stands for ally. Um, a lot of other people think it stands for ace and asexuality. So that's really funny that you said that, that you or that you were talking about that, because I think about that conversation a lot about the people like, oh, it means ally. And I was like, um so yeah um they sing you're the one that i want and then uh afterwards uh rachel's upset she goes to the bathroom to call brody and cassandra picks up the phone and is like he's soaping up his fizzled Chiseled, chiseled, chiseled physique. His chiseled physique in the shower, um, and she's like, "What?" And she's like, "You left New York to watch a play with your loser ex-boyfriend, leaving the hottest piece of ass in Yada, lonely and distraught." I was there for him when he was lonely and distraught. We hooked up. You were overreaching, auditioning for an off-Broadway play, telling me I need to get back in the game, honey. I am the game. This is so ridiculously vindictive that, like, it's pointless. Like, it literally... So, my boyfriend literally watches with me. He goes, geez, how many assholes are there in this show? And I was like, they just need the drama. Like, this was literally planted just for stupid drama. Like, she has no reason to do this other than just to, like, harass a student. And she then have sex psych- with a student. She's, yeah. she's a psychopath. Yeah, yeah she literally just used Brody to get back at this one freshman girl. Yeah. Like, that is, yeah. like, insane. Like, get your priorities. Like, she's like, I am the game. I'm like, you're a loser teacher at a school that isn't even real in real life. Yeah. And channel your sociopathic tendencies into something more constructive. Your yeah. arch enemy is a 19-year-old girl. Like, yeah. you're obviously a loser. If you're a sociopath, message for sociopaths out there, you have an advantage to get further in life than anyone else because you understand how to use the rules. So use the rules, don't break them, and then no one can break you. That was so inspirational. Thank you. Another yeah, piece I mean, of like- dark illicit advice. <laughs> But, like, to kind of jump off of that, like, yeah, like, people who have sociopathic tendencies can often read people really well, and, like, like, sometimes they will exploit weaknesses to get ahead, and, like, some people will think that's awful, but, like, it's kind of a fact of life. Like, she could definitely be exploiting the weakness of someone who actually, like, isn't just a student who she's supposed to be teaching. Like, she's just being a giant asshole. Yeah. What is she going to gain from this? She doesn't get notoriety. She doesn't further herself. She just like, she yeah, honestly like, like with sexy guys. It's that, worse because right. like 
Maybe I would admire her manipulativeness if she had more ambition and was actually yeah. trying to do something with it. But she's not. This is going to yeah. get her fired because you're yeah. not allowed to sleep with students. It's inappropriate. She's just a terrible person. Like she's not even good at being a sociopath. <laughs> uh, loser. Yeah. Loser. Hell on her head. Another reference to Camp Rock whatever major loser oh my god <laughs> that hurt ow right in the chest right in the heart um so then uh she's crying and then we get this facial scene so oh, she leaves the bathroom boy. and finn is like like basically like oh what's wrong and then she's like i'm fine he's like i used to the boy you went to for every little thing and now we can't even be friends anymore? Yes. That's exactly how this is going to be, at least for a very long time. Um, he's like, were you crying about me? And I'm like, okay, one, the audacity of him to be like, of course you should be crying about me. Yeah. See me, blah, blah, blah. And then he like looks disappointed that she's like, no, I'm not crying about you. He like looks disappointed, he's like, oh damn. And I'm like, you're disgusting. And then he immediately like jumps to this conclusion where he's like, oh, it's about him. Oh no, no, no. Alyssa, it's not a conclusion. Like, or oh never mind. It is a conclusion. <laughs> he doesn't necessarily jump to it because he knows her different types of crying, which is she fucking has creepy. Four. Four different I, types of crying. And he lists them out. You know what this reminds me of? the types of drunk girls at parties that he listed off oh. at that fucking alcoholic or alcohol awareness week episode. Ew. Ben likes to create lists that are slightly sexist and was, list them off. It was like, he's like, I know all your types of crying and this one used to be reserved for me. I literally gagged. Wait, what are the types of crying again? Okay, so number one is when she wants something. Yeah. Two is when she's disappointed. And three is when is over a boy. No, there's, there's four. four. There's no, four. No, he listed three. No, he listed four because one of them is when she's crying while she's sinking, which made me laugh. Oh, that's yeah. number four. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, <laughs> I was like... I, <laughs> When he Hannah's started, got that covered. <laughs> yeah, listen, I am on top. Okay, you know what? Maybe I'm gross too because I also know that type of crying. <laughs> I pointed that out on day one. Leah um, Michelle Squint singing started with Take a Bow by Rihanna. No, it started with On My Own in the That's pilot. literally episode one, yeah. Um, but yeah, this was just disgusting. Like, as soon as he started being like, yeah, you have four types of crying, I was like, whoop. Kind of just zone out here until this is over. And then uh I have one type like, of crying. It's called crying. No, it's when I cut onions. <laughs> Do you know um if you chew gum while you cut onions, it's supposed to help. Also, put your onion in the freezer for like a minute or two. It helps to like keep the like harden the juices a bit so they don't flow out when uh, you're cutting them. Interesting. So I'm gonna have to try it. Cry. If you don't wanna waste your tears, retain that salt 
There you go, Alyssa. I have legitimately, it's not about the salt, it's about the moisture. We're in a drought here, okay? <laughs> uh, she's like, I gotta camel it up. I gotta keep it all in. So then he's like, oh, it was about him, wasn't it? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, maybe we should, then he jumps to, well, maybe we shouldn't talk anymore. Now, you're the one who started this conversation yeah, by being like, like oh, let's be I friends. I knew that you would be into him, but I didn't know you'd be moving on so fast. It's like, fuck you, Finn. Like, he, I hate to like go into this again, but he literally, like, technically broke up with her at the end of last season, left her hanging, didn't talk to her when he ended up having to leave the army, and then fucking abandoned her, made her waste her money to come make sure that he was okay, slash break up with him. Like, I wanted him to somehow like redeem himself at least a little bit where, where he would be like, you're crying about him. I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do to help? Like, yeah, but no, like, like if you actually want to be her friend, be like, I'm really sorry. It was ridiculous. His reaction was ridiculous. Or you something like that to me, to myself, to leave me alone. For no what? <laughs> no, I would, I would not just ghost you for four months and expect us to still be dating. Yeah, no, okay, that's good. that's crazy. Yeah. Like, in the real world, if someone does that, like ghost you after you've had a conversation of like, yeah, um. I want you to be free. I'm setting you free because I may have been your slave master, kind of. Uh, yeah. Like, when you have that kind of conversation, it's like, oh, fuck, I guess we're over. I can do whatever I want, I guess. And then the shop, and they're like, what did you do? You slept with somebody else. And it's like, bro, what? She didn't even sleep with anyone. Oh, happy Father's <laughs> Day, guys. <laughs> in my head and then came out of my mouth but it did happy father's day all you daddies out there all you daddies and zaddies (laughs) anyway so this whole storyline is deeply sexist because brody is treated as like a sexual object and not as a person with choices who chose to hook up with his teacher over Rachel. It's just like, oh, Rachel was gone, so I immediately hooked up with Cassandra July, like, for a weekend. Like, that makes no sense. Um, Yeah. And it's all about, it's not about a man choosing to be unfaithful or sleep around. It's about the scheming woman, woman who seduced him. Yes, exactly. Like, and they're like, he, I think only has like three lines in this whole thing. So like, and it's all like before the sex stuff happens. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all... all in that one scene. Mm-hmm. I expected him to come out and be like, what are you doing with my phone? Yes. That doesn't happen, does Same. it, right? No, like, he doesn't happen. come out. Mm-mm. Um, and then we get a blurt scene. Blurt. Um, Blaine is like, 
Kurt, I need to tell you about this guy. It didn't mean anything. And Kurt's like, you, you're going to tell me it didn't mean anything? That doesn't matter. Like, relationships are about trust and I can't trust you anymore. And then he's like, we need to go. And Rachel's like, yeah, this place doesn't feel like home anymore. We need to go home. And I'm like, get over yourselves, you yeah. drama queens. I mean, I don't understand why Blaine starts with, I have to tell you about this guy. No one wants to hear about the person you cheered, cheated on. Yeah, don't like, start with that. Don't no. with that. <laughs> that's don't that's a bad that decision. You- that you cheated on your boyfriend with a lighthouse. <laughs> uh, I love that joke. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so then uh, the Glee Club is assembled and Will is like reading the rage review. He said that like the Avengers were assembled. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the Avengers, right? Who are uh, they avenging? They're actually the villains. Villains <laughs> <Suicide> Squad. <laughs> but they're not doing anything good. They're just committing crimes against humanity. See, that's DC. Are we in Marvel or DC? Uh, We're in the Gleeverse, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they're like reading and it's like, my last breath will be McKinley, Grease, Bravo. They read yeah. the entire article. It was way too long. It's like they plucked two stars out of the heavens, Ryder Lynn and Marley Rose. Which I noticed <laughs> that both of their last names are first names of women. Fun fact. Oh. Um, but then, then Shu goes, all right, that's what I call a rave review. And I was like, that's what everyone calls a rave review too, because that's what a rave review is. It's high praise. And then he says, even though this person is only a sophomore. And I was like, what? <laughs> Sophomores can be intelligent and cultured too. But they this can't. one really isn't because they would have been like, that was garbage. Sophomores <laughs> in high school? They don't have yeah. the right to be cultured yet. They're not old enough. They have the right to be cultured? <laughs> That's an interesting statement. Um, I mean, I think they're intelligent enough to be able to tell what is and isn't a good performance of grief. Let's put it at that. If they can't be put, oh, nope, not going to say that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Keep those filters in there. So yeah, so then Will's like, I'm leaving you in Finn's hands. I'm going off to Washington. Bye. And that, <laughs> bye. And that's how the episode ends. And then ends. he flies off in a car like in Greece. <laughs> uh, yeah, he And then it goes off a cliff like Thelma and Louise. And we're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is the end of Gleese. It, it gave me a new Gleese on life. Uh, were you waiting for the end of the episode to say that Kellen yes I love you (laughs) (laughs) all right so now it's Tina Tina time 
This is a section of the podcast dedicated to Tina, one of the two elephants at the LA Zoo. (laughs) You're on fire today. (laughs) I think I saw her today or I saw Jewel. I'm not sure which one I saw. You went to the zoo today? Yes, we went to the zoo. How dare you? I love the zoo. You should have taken me and I would have been the perfect third wheel. This would have been a cute little tricycle. Yeah. Ding, ding. Like your little bell. Everybody loves counting. (laughs) (laughs) So Tina had seven lines that I counted. I was going to guess seven because I counted four and I was like, I think she had a few more before that. So seven. So that was my guess to Cullen's actual number. Nice. Yeah. I feel accomplished. I mean, that's probably one of the highest she's had, except for that one episode where they give her like a bunch. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty up there, especially for this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they definitely treated her like garbage because they didn't give her, us current student, a role in the student musical. So, or yep. a role that went to someone who was not a current student, I should say one of the leading roles like Rizzo is a leading role yeah well co-leading role yeah Tina could have gotten that book I believe in Tina yeah um so then uh so now it's time to talk about our MVPs and LVPs Rafa who is your least favorite character Kitty I guess that checks out Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I put too. And I literally wrote no further explanation needed. Listen to the rest of the episode. Go back. That's that's my explanation. Alyssa? Kitty's pretty terrible. I'm gonna go with Kitty. I for like I feel like the third week in a row, I'm going with Kitty. I, she, yeah. <laughs> I hate Kitty. She is a terrorist. The she one is... episode with the left behind stuff, I didn't think she was that bad. Like Yes, she did bully that girl, but like it was a funny episode and she was like just like a tiny blip. Oh, I don't know. I might have to go with Cassie. She's she's definitely like a second for me. Yeah. I think, you know, like I don't. (laughs) She's a grown woman and should know better while Kitty's still a teenager and is has the potential to become better i really think i'm changing my vote to to cassandra because she's um awful and (laughs) a sociopath as we have discussed but not she's going to remain yeah i thought about voting for cassandra but i'm like i still fucking hate kitty like what is the future of cassandra at this school like there's she's gonna no get fired yeah she's a fu- like if she's not doing it to rachel she's gonna do it to someone else yeah and she's gonna and do it, it to was- some like broadway star's kid yeah and i'm not even really thinking about rachel at this point i'm thinking about brody he was completely taken advantage of yeah mm-hmm. and that's com- it was completely inappropriate and like absolutely disgusting yeah ugly and their psychopathic female villains yeah isn't that just all women 
<laughs> Hormones, mm. am I right? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, that's the message Glee has left me with. So let's talk about our favorite characters, our MVPs. Rafa, who's your favorite character? That's a difficult question. It is a really hard question. Yeah. Everyone was pretty trash this episode. Yeah, there's no one who really stood out as being like, oh, they did a good job. I chose Tina because she is the backbone of the Glee Club and of that musical. Not only did she make the costumes, she also played Jan and apparently played it phenomenally. Phenomenally. I've only had one and a half white cloth as a problem. Phenomenally. Phenomenally. Yeah, I'm going with Tina. I really didn't like anyone. Not anyone was good. Pick a random object that you remember from the episode. There you go. (laughs) Um, Pick Marley's hairdo in the final number. (laughs) I'm going to go with Marley's costume. Do you know how many different like iterations it had to go through when Kitty was fucking with it? I'm surprised it it could stay together by the time that it got on stage. Kudos to that fabric. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm going with Marley. Um, I related to her a lot um, because fat phobia hurts people um, and it was hurting her um, in a really tragic way because she couldn't, it like was just changing the way she sees her mom, it's changing the way she sees herself. Yeah. It's just damaging her. Um, so it's not like an MVP, like a you go girl. It's a, oh, I sympathized with you. Yeah. Um, who do you think, Rafa? I don't know. I told you, it's a hard question. Maybe the same character as you. Or what about Teen Angel Dreamboat Blaine? He did great in that number. Oh, yes. <laughs> but I, know, I don't know. Maybe she, because Kitty was really mean to her. I guess so. Yeah. She, I really hope this is the end of that part of the storyline for her. Because that's. I'm going to guess no. I don't like this. And I don't think Glee's going to handle it anymore. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say they're gonna uh, ring this one out, and get as much as they can from it. Love it! Can't wait. So now let's talk about the music. Which there isn't many songs, right? There's songs, no? Grease Lightning, Look at Me, I'm Sandra D. Look what you made me do. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There are worse things I can do. To get Taylor Swift. (laughs) Taylor Swift. The Glee version of Look What Made Me Do. (laughs) That would be interesting. Um, There are worse things I could do. Um, Look at me, I'm Sandra Dree, reprise. um, And you're the one that I want. And Beauty School Dropout. So only five. Yeah. Wait. Six. One, two, three. Yeah, six. Yeah. Unless you count O Fortuna, which played when Sue was trashing the school. No. no. 
I have there are worse things I could do on here only because I really love that song. I thought Santana and Unique did a really great job. I thought Cassandra sounded fine, but I didn't like her context. Um, but I didn't really love anything else. I didn't even really love this. So I'm just gonna go with the worst song. Do. Oh shit. Spoiler. Yeah, we start with the worst song. I I was just feeling <laughs> from top to bottom. What? Uh, the Sandra D. I don't like that that song in the movie, and it's because in the movie it's just about bullying, and in the show it's about worse bullying. So no. I agree. Alyssa? I think I think I'm also going to go with that one. Um, look at me and I'm Sandra D. It wasn't clever. It wasn't anything. It just kind of made everyone feel bad and like fake and like Marley didn't have any real friends and it brought down some of the characters that we that we like know and love. Um, so it was just not a good song. And it also like completely changed who they are so they could fit in the yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to look at me. I'm Sandra D too. Yeah. So Hannah, what's your favorite song? Oh my gosh, this is going to come as a real surprise to everyone on this podcast. Uh, there are worse things I could do. And that's the song. Um, that's the song I chose because I didn't really love anything. And uh, yeah, I already explained it. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Grease. I like some of the songs. I don't like some of the songs. Um, but I think in context in this episode, uh, there are worse things I could do is probably my favorite. And I sing along to it, so that's always a good sign. Um, valid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though I wish it was unique. I really, really wish it was unique. Um, it was it was fine anyway. Not really great though. Just fine. Like it's, yeah. it's on that middle tier there. Okay. I'm going with uh, beauty school dropout. Same. Beauty school dropout. Because Blaine was dreamy. Day and he looked you. really cute. Yeah, dreamy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that brings us. Song to the end of our episode um all right so you can find gleeboot on instagram twitter and tiktok we are at gleeboot pod you can also find us on tumblr gleebootpod.tumblr.com you can follow me on instagram and tiktok at yeboyryan99 and youtube at yeboyryan and you can follow me at a.m.swearingen. That's S-W-E-A-R-I-N-G-E-N. Um, I was going to try and spell it incorrectly just to like throw you through a loop. And then I realized that I couldn't. Like I legitimately cannot spell my name incorrectly. I can't do it. That's interesting. I can only because a lot of people misspell it. S-L-Y-V-E-S-T-E-R. Shit, now people know my last name. Like, people would have known know. if they listened to the beginning and yeah. like, all the times I talk about feeding my aunt. That's true. I could spell it the way that some people spell is they just add a random T in my name. Where? So they usually spell it swearing tin. So swearing gin. Uh, got it, got it, got it. Mm. They don't know why. That's silly. Yeah, it's a little, little strange there. 
to, welcome to Swearington, England. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Swearington okay. Abbey. Swearington <laughs> Abbey. <laughs> All right. All right. So tune in next week for another episode. Another episode. I don't know what's <laughs> happening next. Um, uh, bye. 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 Bye.